91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Welcome to the most anticipated hour of college radio of the week. It is, of course, News at 9. Uh, follow our Instagram, News at 91.3, uh, for all of our updates. Today, we are joined by um, the very generous and amazing Aiden Bearer and Alex Rapp from your favorite campus newspaper, The New Hampshire. Um, and they are here to tell us what they've been up to, what's going on on campus. We've got lots to cover today, uh, lots to discuss, so I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. Um, I think we should just hop right into it. Got, I know we have a lot of stories to talk about. Um, Savannah is also here in a moment. Tommy should be coming in in a little bit, so we'll see them when we see them. Oh, here's Savannah now. And uh, I'm going to let you guys see the lead, and I'm going to hop over so that our friend Max here can take care of some technical stuff. So take it away. Yeah, sure. So I'm Aiden. I'm the content editor at TNH. Hello, I'm Alex Rapp. I am the digital editor here at the New Hampshire. So we actually don't necessarily have a lot of stories to talk about. It's more a couple of things, but there's a lot to talk about with each. So Alex, you want to go ahead and take point on that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, as many of you in the UNH community may have heard already, UNH will be or has cut 72 faculty and staff members. Um, they announced it last week, or about oh, 10 days to two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, Deep President Dean stated in a webinar Wednesday afternoon that of those 72, 63 uh, were cut entirely and the rest received a decrease in their hours. Um, as initially reported by Isabel Dreher, our managing editor, on January 25th. Um, and furthermore, today, President Dean sent out an email addressing some of the concerns by the student body. Uh, he linked to a SharePoint with some statistical information on revenue, expenses, what's been cut, um, and sort of an overview of what's been going on with enrollment and why these cuts were made um, in the first place. Yeah, and I think really the big thing that we've been reporting about this is just how sudden it feels for a lot of us and it really has been felt by all corners of the UNH community Colsa, COLA, everyone and we are the state's premier research-based university so this definitely did kind of nowhere and 70 the low 70s for staff cuts is substantial so definitely warrants discussion and also questions which were asked at the town hall but are there statistics available for how many like what proportion of those staff and faculty were like administrative assistants or like secretaries or like actual professors or like dining hall workers you know what i mean like what is the what are we looking at here in terms of a breakdown yeah so i've got this website the sharepoint shared in the email today sent out by president dean um he does not, this page does not specify um, where exactly and how many cuts were made in each department. However, it does, it does have a section that says what programs have been impacted, um, under which it says several areas of the university were particularly impacted by the budget reset processes, process, partly due to the size of these units. Um, their IT group, student life, academic affairs, College of Liberal Arts, and the research office. Mm. Um, five areas which are obviously supremely important to all students. Um, if you note four of, four of those, except for the IT group, all relate to activities that students right. regularly participate in, 
research opportunities will be effective, uh, affected. Um, there's also, I don't know how the cuts in student life and COLA will be, work exactly, but I do know that there were significant cuts to the music department. Right. And that was one actually pretty vital interview that we have in the story was a pretty fresh music department hire. Um, her name was, let me check here, it's in the story, Ashley Sierra. Yeah. And uh, she was just hired because there actually was too much work for the current faculty. And so I believe she was hired, what, over the summer, August? Yeah. And so she was laid off and now that work has to be reallocated again. Mm -hmm. So it's it seems to be the story around campus. Like I know the art museum also just hired some people in August that they're having to lay off because that's actually another pretty major facet of this is they closed the art museum. Um, they also cut the therapy dogs. Um, that we are outraged about. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it's very hard, like you were saying before we went on Air Jackson, like it's hard to run a university. It's mm -hmm. hard to be in charge of hundreds of millions of dollars, but what are you paying dogs? Right, and and I know that like there was some costs associated to like bringing the, bringing the dogs in and maybe like running, they, may, they probably paid, there's like a student attendant probably paid like him or her but like the, it was like a very small program they would always bring tucker by that guy never got paid he's a professor obviously he got paid for his job but he just came by because he wanted to be with him yeah um, i think um i think like it was entirely volunteer based yeah. for all of the dogs yeah so it's just it this the the areas are cutting seem a little suspect and what it seems to me is that it's kind of just one big math equation mm -hmm. where it's money in versus money out like when you have top five uh places impacted and the only college on there is cola that's because cola doesn't make any money right mm -hmm. so like clearly they're doing this in terms of uh you know how can we maximize our profit support areas and like people are you know it's i i, I think people are getting really upset about this fair mm -hmm. it is impacting all of our lives but as with any change in a university people get really excited and get really upset and then just stop listening and get up and just like shut down right uh, I, I I see both sides of it. I really do. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited because I'll do this other little promo here. Next week, we're having Provost Wayne Jones come on the show uh, for an hour, and he is kind of the academic person in charge of the budget cuts. Uh, he, and, along with the chief financial officer of the university, and, and obviously there's a whole team of them, but he's kind of spearheading it. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to get that perspective. I know that we learned a lot last semester when we had President Dean on for similar reasons. Mm. Um, what scares me about the budget cuts is this, and I learned this recently from uh, one of the professor, one of my professors, uh, Dr. Adam Boucher, is that most of the budget cuts, uh, kind of this budget cut-like proposal, is based off of um, a book by Nathan Graw, who is a uh, economist, who is well, who's a pretty well-known economist, and he published a book in 2018 called like it was the, it's like the elitist and then like a long stringy title i forget the name like the entire name but one of those economist titles it's just like yeah. yeah let's just draw on for a minute it's probably got a colon and yeah exactly yeah. and uh lots of colons <laughs> yeah and uh he projected that there'd be this massive downturn in academic uh especially higher education like economics in like a couple decades mm -hmm. and so the re like the brunt of the reason as far as my understanding is of this budget cut is let's get ahead of it now let's make it four percent now so it's not 20 percent into in 20 years yeah but here's the issue that book was published in 2018 before covid <laughs> before inflation rates 
be like this massive, massive, massive inflation of uh, interest rates before all this crazy economic happening we've been seeing these past few years, and uh, they're not really taking that into account. And it so seems like something that I'd just like to throw in there as a economics major. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're talking about, some of it is a little bit um, not totally accurate okay. with how um, interest rates work and things like that. So interest rates are they change in response to um, like how the like how the economy is doing. So interest rates are changing because the government is trying to prevent they're trying to lower inflation. So mm-hmm. they're going to raise interest rates to lower inflation. And so that's because they are predicting another downturn. That's why interest rates are going up so much. There are likely to um, – the government is likely to stop raising interest rates um, because it can – if interest rates get too high, that can also mm-hmm. cause um, issues with, like, having a um, – like, a downturn. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's, it's just going to yeah. be interesting to see next week what – the, what they have that's like one of my biggest questions is like what are you what are you basing on so i i don't sure. i don't deny that there needs to be budget cuts clearly there's reasons for budget cuts mm-hmm. and but i want to know the motivation behind them and see where yeah. like that's lying because totally. that's gonna be kind of a big factor of what, what goes yeah on here. and it seems like a lot of facets of just student life are hurting too like we had that snow on monday um it kind of just turned into ice on the ground uh there was no one to really clean it up it seemed and I mean, I report for a paper out of Peterborough, New Hampshire, and all of the towns out there are struggling with actually labor shortages and people who don't have CDLs. That's why you're seeing a lot of smaller towns not able to plow. Whereas up here, it's not necessarily a lack of CDL certified people. It's more just, I don't know what it is, to be honest, because are we not paying them? Are we not able to? I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but... I mean, Jimmy Dean did also in that uh, that email he sent today. He linked an article from Inside Higher Ed uh, that lists quite a few universities around the country that are facing similar cuts. Uh, but we are the first one on mm-hmm. that article. Mm-hmm. It's UNH. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, Greensboro University of North Carolina at Greensboro they cut 19 programs from their whole university and they're below us <laughs> right in the article <laughs> so i mean i know it's easy living in new hampshire growing up here going to the state university we're kind of in a bubble here it, it seems like we aren't really looked at by the rest of the country ever like i mean i remember in high school learning about the world's fair where they did like every state had something to present and new hampshire just had like a log cabin made out of maple syrup <laughs> bottles like we're literally right. just that to a lot of people but now we really have the national eye on us because not only do we have all these cuts but we have a long track record of this sort of thing we were for a long time 48th in the country for funding public education uh through our taxes and our state revenue uh lately we've fallen to 50th we are last in the country for Mm -hmm. funding public education and in the sharepoint that jimmy president dean sent out today uh he says that only 11 percent of our revenue actually comes from the state so 89 percent that's all coming from other places uh which is hard to sustain anything so i think uh yeah there's definitely going to be a lot that we have to write about this semester and uh 
yeah, we have our work. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a recurring segment when you guys come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, is there anything else on this, or are we, uh, we got to stay on track here? Um, yeah, I just wanted to oh. quickly. Oh, hold on, we made a caller. No, no, he went away. We have a, a no. Oh, you oh, oh, never mind. All right, um, I'll fill us in. So, I'm Thomas. <laughs> I just walked in here. Jackson's answering the phone right now. <laughs> we have a lovely Miss Savannah Nessler, Aiden. Thank you, Tommy. Alex Rapp. Alex we also have we also have, we also the have Celia visiting. Yes. Say hi, so Celia. Would you like to? Oh, Celia, you're not on an on oh. mic. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I have just learned from lab after bursting my corneas open and looking at infrared light, and I want to cry. So right now in the studio, we have the original news at 9. Original minus news, yeah, except minus Spencer. Yeah, yeah minus Spencer. Spencer was on and off, but... Yeah, he kind of existed half I mean, half you, and were, half. you were in it, too. I was, yeah. So the anime is founders. I, yeah, original I news at nine cast. Unfortunately, crazy. on a different continent yeah, for Everyone's a <laughs> large part of that. I know. Celia, um, I just want to say on the air, Celia tried so hard to get the real Microsoft Word on my laptop yesterday, but because it's a Chromebook, it does not work. <laughs> if you own a Chromebook and you go to UNH, I highly recommend, and this is my IT advice, as I submitted to Tommy a ticket yesterday, you should throw that Chromebook away and buy a real computer. Thank you, and have a nice day. <laughs> Classic Celia right there. It's very hot in the studio, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's sweltering. I feel like it tends to be toasty in it, the It uh, does, yeah. It's, a, it's especially... Tension's high when we're talking about budget cuts. Well, and Jackson being on the phone. Mysterious and, um, phone call. I don't know. I don't so while he's on the phone, I actually have a question hmm. relating to... Um, well, it's sort of, sort of a common sort of a question is relating, relating to CDLs. Because uh-huh. haven't those recently changed so that they're harder to get now because they're like more expensive or something? Or you have to pay more so like is that contributing to i honestly couldn't i, I don't okay. know okay, cool. i just know that's what my towns are facing so yeah. jackson what, so what, what's I, going we on? have just gotten an amazing call I, we love when people call into our show oh, i thought we were blessed. in trouble oh not at all no no <laughs> we we have yeah. it's just you know it's it's just it shows that our show has a little bit of of a following when people call in and yeah. have something to say so if you guys have anything compelling to say give us a call at 603-862-2222 and uh we will express your Opinions on air, uh, all things considered. So we just had a caller call in about the comment that we were making about New Hampshire being uh, number forty-eight and now fifty in funding public mm-hmm. public education. Uh, and he mentioned that uh, he believes, uh, and I don't I don't necessarily have any facts to back this up, but it seemed like a pretty plausible explanation is that our legislator is unique. Our legislation uh, legislature and you know state <laughs> politics is unique in that. I'm going to have uh, Tommy take this one here. We have another call coming we in. We have another call coming anybody in. Anybody that is not sitting in the studio. Is unique because they only get paid 100 bucks. That's yeah, their salary. That is true. And um, what's interesting they, that our, our caller proposed was in Massachusetts, they have a bit of a professional state legislature. And uh, they, they, it's an actual job that you sit in. And it's a more of a day-to-day 9-to-5. And perhaps that would encourage a more of a professional legislation. Um, to be passed through us. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I actually, that's funny you say that. In high school, that was my senior project. I ran a mock state senate campaign, mm-hmm. and that's the state senate that makes 100 a year. The representatives make even less. So that's uh, that's definitely something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, um, I think that that's a great point because, um, you know, we, we all know as students, as busy students, how difficult it is to to focus on things when we're trying to 
go to classes and right. go to our clubs, and it's essentially the same position that our legislators right. are in, and so they don't have the time to sit and just think about all the time about all these issues because their primary focuses are their jobs and their families right. and all the other things they're doing, and so they can't, they don't have the time to just sit and think about mm-hmm. everything that they're uh, that they're making all these decisions on, and so I think it allows more room for personal biases to come right. through, perhaps. We are just getting things all over the place. Yeah. I have a I have a text in, not a, instead of a call in here. Whoa! You know this is clearly a, a hot a hot topic. This is a text in from our good friend and, and dear follower Kelsey St. James, saying that <laughs> um, the state is requiring more mandates but not providing funding, so things can get cut or taxes go up. Yes. Just, all right, here we go. So that's a good point by Kelsey, is that uh, you know there's a lot of mandates coming through from the state from the top down, but not necessarily any funding for those things. Yeah. Yeah. Time, what do we got? Let us know. We got a question from a longtime listener that basically asked, how many students are employed by the university itself, and are do you believe that they're doing a good job trying to include students on work that could be done on campus? I think I, here's here's the thing. The, the student, the student like payment fund is probably like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Compared to what we're talking about here, like yes, there's a bunch of campus jobs. Everything that like every like menial task is handled by students. Totally. But like they're talking about cutting eighty or you know seventy two or whatever it was seventy two faculty and staff. Those those people are making more than you know that that group there is making exponentially more. Yeah. Than yeah. That's, absolutely. That's salaries. That's not. Yeah. That's not the, you know, eight hours a week that yeah. students are working. Right. And I also, I mean, I used to work at Philly, um, proud Philly veteran. I made the stir fry uh, in quesadillas. But um, I made 12 an hour, and that was after I got promoted a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You start at state minimum wage mm-hmm. here, which is seven twenty-five because it's the federal minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, especially, like, when you talk about the art museum, like, one person's working that. You're paying for lights. And someone who's making seven twenty-five an hour, yeah. and that also is largely work-study based. Which I I'm not entirely sure what if that's the same as the educational funding, but that's funding through the state, not directly from UNH. So that isn't even necessarily like I know that there's a couple people who like are actual like salaried faculty or staff members who do run that, but the students who are working that and who are just sitting there at the desk all day, like. It did not have super like it had pretty limited hours, and that is, and most of them were on work study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as I know. And it's also bigger than just the university, right? Like we have a community here that relied on art, and the Seacoast art scene is lively. I mean, we've just seen Book and Bar in Portsmouth go out of business on the twenty eighth. Yeah. Uh, just this Sunday, they had their last day, um, and now you know we lost our museum it just seems like a very vibrant community is really hurting especially here in durham i mean there are a lot of families with young kids who grew up going to the art museum and looking at the exhibits and just learning i know that we actually just were working on a nursing program where nurses could come here and learn about their uh visual aptitude Mm -hmm. essentially by noticing things in the art and they were supposed to come here this semester and we had to cancel that program uh so that, that there are definitely some challenges that come up specifically like we could talk about the art museum for a whole session mm-hmm. i i think easily mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean alex is there anything else that you think we absolutely need to mention about this um yeah i just want to mention a bit to give our listeners a bit of the scope of the budget cuts and the revenue and expenses and all that stuff 
So first of all, one of the major reasons that they listed for these budget cuts is declining enrollment. And we have seen this um, in 2018 fiscal year. We had 15,736 students enrolled. And in 2023, we only had 14,000. Um, however, if you take a look at the graph that was provided uh, on the SharePoint in the president's email, um, you can see that for out of from 2018 to 2022, there was a steady decline in the expenses that UNH had. And there was sort of a, a fluctuation in revenue, and it, there was definitely a dip because of COVID. However, in, di in 2023, the fiscal year, um, in terms of revenue, uh, UNH had $536.7 million uh, in revenue, and we had $539.9 million mm -hmm. in expenses, which is a small difference, but it does it does have a big impact. Right. And then the declining enrollment is it has been a big issue right. for UNH for the past few years. Mm. On top of that, um, there was also the COVID retirement program and some finance reorganization that they listed under there. And I thought it was interesting that they also listed pay increases for faculty and staff. Mm. So where are these pay increases going, and why are you cutting other people? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's it's, it's I think the last thing, unless anyone has a like burning thing to say, but the last thing we need to say on this is UNH's main reason for having less money is declining enrollment, and so to battle that, they cut a bunch of stuff related to student life, which is only going to further promote a decline in enrollment it seems like kind of this like negative cycle where it's you know just feeding into this all right we have not enough kids let's cut stuff now less people want to come let's cut stuff less people want to come it's just yeah it's a it's a snowball effect and it's totally. a little scary yeah, definitely yeah. not seeing a whole lot of optimism right what were you gonna say Ali? oh or was it tommy Celia's had her hand up. Let's go to Celia. Yeah, Celia, what's up? On this topic, I actually wanted to make a really important point, at least to me and to the staff and faculty and even the kids of this mm -hmm. school. Um, and I, I, maybe I'm biased because I've been working there for years, but they've been cutting the IT mm -hmm. department. And I say this with importance. And again, please tell me off if I'm being too biased in saying this, but I truly believe that they should not be cutting our departments. Yeah. They've cut, they fired two of my staff, two of my uh, full-time staff members who were a part of this university for 20 plus years, who've been working in IT. And now they're cutting, they're cutting the, uh, they cut the IT depot last semester. And I have kids coming up to me asking, can you fix my computer? My computer won't turn on. And all I can say to them is, I'm sorry, you have to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to touch it. And now even this year, we have less staff members. I'm doing the work of three different people every gosh darn day yeah. when I'm employed. And the only reason that I'm still employed is because they can pay me less mm -hmm. than a full-time staff member. But at the same time, it's also destroying me. It's destroying my mental health. Right. Yeah. And it's destroying the community that we've built together as an IT as an IT job. Yeah, yeah and yeah. not and so something I'd like to add to that as somebody who worked for the IT desk for a whole month. Um and so I'm supporting what Celia's saying because I think she's very much right, and it's something that I, I witnessed even in my short time. And so I feel like I can speak on this with a little bit maybe less bias, but I can confirm um, is that it's because start a lot of this is we so we IT is only growing, and so we are cutting our internal departments, but now we're outsourcing and we're outsourcing to this company where, you know, it's somebody it's some people sitting in Chicago who 
don't know what's going on with our systems. They work for a large company that that does these reference emails for like hundreds of companies and businesses. And so they don't even they we There's have no the simplest yeah. things coming in and we can't even help people and it's being done poorly by people who don't know what's going on and so we're paying UNH is paying an outsourced company to do work that is that is not the to the quality and so I would have to say that I you know my personal opinion is that I think that we are improperly allocating at least those funds to like in uh, inadequate companies yeah inadequate companies with like subpar work yeah and I think uh, this is me removing my journalism hat and putting on my student hat um, off the dome uh, James Dean is the highest paid state employee in New Hampshire mm-hmm. uh, he makes $600,000 a year which is $200,000 more than the president of the United States so to me it's hard to look anywhere else mm-hmm. and that's a it'll, lot of it'll money. It'll be interesting to see what the the next president comes in at salary. Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. And like Celia, you're talking about having people who have been here for over two decades being cut from your department. President Dean's coming up on five, and yeah. he's already and he's on his way made out. it clear that he's <laughs> retiring. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it it feels like for a state university, uh, maybe things aren't being considered. But Alex, what what would you going to add? Um, yeah, kind of. This is also me putting on my student cap here um, and sort of piling on to what you just said. But I think it's really interesting that these announcements have come out after, you know, they had all these um, consultation sessions and stuff with the community to try to find the new president. Yeah. Like, why was this decision announced so much later than rather than right. before when students were very involved? And like, how are we going to find a new president? What What yeah. are they going to do? Um, and I think that these budget cuts should have had place and should have place in that presidential search and should be on the minds of everyone on that committee. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate because, you know, a lot of, there's going to be a lot of stories, emotional stories, like Celia just shared, they are going to come up this entire process. And it's going to be very easy for the administrators and the people who are making these decisions to say, don't be emotional, this is just business, this is just money. And this dissociation between, you know, the budget and emotional well-being of your student population, uh, it cannot it cannot go on any longer. It has to be fused into one. And uh, yeah, sure, maybe cutting one program would that doesn't make any money on paper is a good idea. But you're gonna really anger a lot of people, and no one's gonna have a good time at your university to do that. All right, so yeah, last thing, let's wrap it up. I was just gonna say the thing is is. Um, even though this has been going on in our university and impacts us as students, we also have to remember that this is corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I've been, I've been, my dad has worked in IT for years. I've seen things in different companies, and I've seen this process over and over again. And I know it's money issues, it's the economy, it's everything coming into one big giant stir pot. But at the same time, I also have to say, I mean, at least we kept it for this long because it mm. could have changed years ago yeah. and we could have been in this hell years ago. Yeah. And I don't agree with things that are going on, but at the same time, I still think we should be thankful for what we had. Mm-hmm. That's all. Thank you.
All right, much to say about the budget, and I'm sure that there was much more to say. Um, if you are interested in hearing more about the budget, I really encourage you to join us next week uh, at 5 p.m. to sit down with Provost Wayne Jones to talk in depth about the budget, some motivation behind it, and uh, really get a, a big picture view of the people who are kind of leading this charge. Because we can sit here and hypothesize and talk and you know kind of just go on all we want, but it is always good to hear from the source. Yeah, so. and the provost is going to have a little bit more of a student-centric view right. from the administration side right. as well. So I It's think going to be a good time, so yeah. I highly encourage you to tune in then. Um, and if you have any questions you want to ask him, be sure to head on over to our Instagram, news at 91.3, DM us, call in 603-862-2222, send us your questions there. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So, Alex, what do you got for us? Um... You kind of put me on the spot right there. Oh, uh, well. It's all right. No, you're sorry. good. <laughs> um, we can keep riffing for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aiden, would you, do you have anything to add? Anything yeah, I mean, add? weren't we going to kind of segue into the presidential search? I mean, we kind of just talked about it, but um, is there – I mean, the website is really taken off already just this semester. I mean, we have people going out reporting on all sorts of things around campus. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just we're, we're trying to work a little more on, uh, like, features this semester as well okay. um i've actually stepped into the sports arena at the paper a little bit more this semester um and i'm not sure if anyone's aware of this but men's basketball star clarence daniels just joined the thousand point club oh wow so Different. that's a pretty big deal and yeah. uh, we're going to be working on a feature about him uh and he's a stand-up guy i've had classes with him he's just a really cool dude very down to earth um and I think that's going to be a great piece to look forward to. Um, but, you know, we're still ramping up for the new semester. We're kind of in the middle. I don't want to say a rebrand, but uh, maybe like a more concrete definition of what exactly we are here. Yeah, I, I think especially with everything that has happened with the administration in the past year, um, we've kind of refocused and talked about it a lot in our meetings and definitely being watchdogs for the community, yeah. um, giving a voice to the student population. Um, and I, I remember, um, I'm not sure who mentioned this to us at some point, but uh, someone, someone told me once that every, you know, university's dream or like university uh, administration's dream is to be able to cut their student paper yeah. um, because they're, they're one of the ones that keeps them in check and we're we also receive some funding from the university itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I think I think we're trying to stay strong and really get out there into the community and, and show people that the UNH community is very strong mm -hmm. and and we want to push UNH to be better. Right. Yeah, we're not we're not only a strong community, but we're a vigilant community. I mean, you've seen just from the two calls and a text we've had on the air just now. I mean people are wanting to learn more about it they're curious and one thing any journalist learns about early on is the exigence of straying away from news deserts um it's a scary thing when a place loses their paper whether it be a small town a municipality a county or a university because what ends up happening is there's no one keeping anyone in check uh like going to town halls like we had a reporter at the president dean town hall when that happened uh like Little things like that where if there's not a reporter there, not a lot of people are going to hear about it. And once people stop doing that, 
you on the town side of things when they lose their papers a lot of times you see taxes go up you see quality of life go down and you see corruption increase mm -hmm. so it's really vital for any place whether it be a university town state to have some sort of like you were saying alex a watchdog uh just to just to keep people honest you know we we are funded by the school there's no way around that we are funded by the student org fee so like we're a part of the school but mm -hmm. i think that's a part of the checks and balances that really makes this country great is that you can still have free press you can right. still have those critiques so that's yeah. what we're here for i mean definitely just to another example that goes off of your your little thing about news deserts is honestly i think that uh, that newspaper the newspaper is especially important at a university because of our lack of contact with the outside world being at at, at a university we are almost entirely isolated except for because we don't have tvs we don't have we don't come into contact with a like super wide range of people or views or anything we don't so we don't see much news if we see news it's because we follow a news outlet on social media and so we see the select news articles that they post on social media which are generally quite different from what you see on the news and that is and that's also very very selective because it's just what we it's the one outlet that we choose to follow and so we very much are i think a university could be considered pretty close to a um municipality uh i was gonna say um the uh news desert news, news desert, desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah because like there are just so few outlets that students because we don't have any need to generally because we are so isolated we have all of our food all of our entertainment all of our friends just here mm -hmm. and so i definitely think that we're more in contact with the rest of the world than 20 30 years ago university students were but i think that that the the um newspaper is just yeah. so important just emphasizing how yeah. important it is have you guys been able to find anything else um about how the presidential search is going um yeah alex you want to take that yeah so i've been going kind of through all the resources listed for it um they do uh on the on the website uh which is at unh.edu slash leadership leadership slash presidential dash transition um they have a tab for sharing feedback a tab for uh, frequently asked questions they have a tab for the search committee information with the names of everyone on the search committee um, and then listening session schedule however there have been no more listening ske sessions scheduled for the semester mm -hmm. um, they were all done last semester um, and there's really not that much information on the people on the committee and how they were selected exactly and I haven't personally found or heard any updates about any lead candidates right. Or what I mean, I, we know when the transition is going to happen. Uh, I believe it's at the end of the semester in May, June. Um, but yeah, we really haven't gotten many updates. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I mean, the the big question that you kind of brought up, Alex, is like, who are these people, <laughs> and how did they get appointed? I mean, uh, the the board of uh, trustees from the board. You mean? Yeah. The, the yeah. Exactly. Uh, like the the board of trustees, they're responsible for a lot here. Like even the big construction projects that have been going on. And it, it was hard even in the fall. We were trying to report on uh, 
all of the construction that was happening and which firms were in charge of it. And it's usually pretty buried. Um, and what I found was they were pretty much all different firms. So, you know, like they roll out that we're working with some sort of design firm that was in the uh, master plan that Dean Blackman sent out. Uh, was that we're working with a design firm to help figure out the next master plan for the university. I but saw that. Yeah. yeah. But they're exactly that. They're a design firm. Like, Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the firm is called Perkins and Will. Um, yeah. You can find them at perkinswill.com um, if you're interested in learning more about them. But they've done work on other universities uh-huh. before, I believe. Um, but as you mentioned, UNH, every time they've had sort of campus master plan slash changes to the campus um, layout, they have all been with different firms. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. And if you go on the Perkins and Will website, I mean, you're there right now, Alex, but when I was on it yesterday, they have like high schools they're working with. Like I saw Hyannis or something like that was on there yesterday. UNH isn't on there. They have a whole news section on their website of who they're currently working with. We're not there. Do you have any... Do you suppose you know anything about the vision that they have going forward for the University of New Hampshire now that this un- this ownership is coming in and changing how it operates? Um, well, the, the, in the email um, that they sent out to students, that Dean of Students Michael Blackman sent out, um, there is a survey um, that they've invited all students to complete. Um, it says... This initial survey will help us get a sense of students' priorities as we begin this process. Um, I must admit, I personally have not taken the survey, so I am unaware of what's on it. Um, and furthermore, there is also a tab on the president's site about uh, campus climate surveys that they will be conducting in March and April. Um, and I think those are a bit more to gauge how students are feeling on campus more so than what they want to see change right. on campus. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely... I wonder if they realize, like, are they assuming that the results are going to be mostly negative, you feel? I don't know, I don't to be honest. I don't know that I can answer that. Do yeah, I don't... I'm wondering if they... T- I sorry. think that something for me that was a little bit um, concerning, I think, when we had our meeting with uh, President Dean last fall was, you know, I like to think pretty optimistically, especially because we are on we do have a a news show and so we talk about a lot of these student issues pretty frequently and not just among ourselves but on this platform that we'd like to think is reaching quite a few people and I think it was I found it a little bit concerning how much it seemed to me how much the administration seemed out of touch with Mm -hmm. actual student feelings and opinions and and our values and so I I would be inclined to say that I don't think that the the administration really knows what to expect from this survey because of that um, lack of intonation with this actual student student body. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen. I I also think that it's going to be like another one of those like almost more of a PR thing than anything else. Yeah. Like, how much are they really gonna? Like look at it. it, it I I've I've looked through the survey. It's a long survey. It's very detailed. It is. Um, it talks a lot about where do you walk on campus, what resources do you use, how frequently do you like go to this place, like what buildings are you do you find yourself studying in most, like things like that. A lot of like uh, almost like tracking activity type of deals for students. Is it like picking and choosing, kind of like? 
if something gets loaded? The idea is, I think the idea is that they're going to see what's mo what's most popular among students. What do they think was a good idea, but ended up not being a great idea for students? Maybe they can cut some of that and increase in other places. And I'm sure they're going to take a time, take some time looking at it. I just don't know how seriously that's going to impact their decision. Yeah, and I mean it's hard it's hard to discuss without straying into speculation too. Um, mm -hmm. But. I think, Alex, did you have something a little more, like, concrete on it or something? Um, no, I, I was just taking a look at the 2023 Campus Climate Survey, and they have they have a small section on key findings. Um, they started off with that responding members of the UNH community are generally positive, but if you scroll down a little bit further to the next page, um, it says, comfort with the overall climate at UNH has fallen slightly since 2019. So in the past four years, comfort has fallen on campus. Um, it says, uh, sorry, uh, while faculty and staff members are largely satisfied with their jobs, more than half have seriously considered leaving UNH, with many citing inadequate compensation as a reason. Mm -hmm. Which um, is only going to get worse, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it also says that around, um, I believe, one quarter of students have seriously considered leaving the university. So surely that can't be a good indication right. of how where the university is headed. Right. Oh, Bear, come down from high and tell us. Yeah, I mean, it's really. <coughs> you just said all of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, it's a tight spot right now, especially like I'm a three plus three student. You know, I'm going to law school in the fall. I'll be at UNH Concord. Uh, actually. UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law at Concord. Yes, they, thank you, Alex. But they just bought that school like five years ago. They bought a law school mm -hmm. like five years ago. So I don't know. I mean, most state universities have a law school. I don't know about you, Maine, uh, but I know like specifically out in the Midwest and like Wisconsin, Michigan, they all have law schools. I right. think universities are trending in that direction. Um, but I'm sure those figures are out there, like how much we paid for the law school. And yeah. I'd be curious. I mean, it has to be right yeah. as a three plus three. I mean, it's great to save the money of an extra year of school and to be able to just go to law school my senior year of college. But like at the same time, I would be curious if that investment is paying off because yeah. I feel like since they bought the law school, there hasn't really been much anything yeah. but sloping into cuts, mm -hmm. it seems. So I don't know. That's just another thing that I've noticed is we're still making moves we're still purchasing things we're mm -hmm. we're not we're not just totally like stagnant in the water we're 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 still doing things it just seems like we're siphoning in some strange right. areas what well, what worries me the most about the budget is this is that they refuse to cut anything that they are quote unquote proud of right they they every construction project they started has like tripled in time that's going to take mostly due to you know not able to get materials and because mm. construction takes longer than it does every time but they haven't done anything about that mm. they have stillings just sitting there <laughs> like just wasting money they could they could use that to increase revenue in some way they could have that i know last year they had like one conference held in there and they catered food in i'm not saying it was reopen. outside actually oh it was outside i'm not saying reopen stillings but do a little zhuzh up of that and have that be like some sort of space you could use yeah. uh and then they in, instead of like looking at these other options they're like all right what student programs can we cut because they don't make us money yeah. let's cut the museum let's cut mental health resources let's cut pause and relax let's cut this let's cut that yeah. it's like all right 
So now you're, you're, you're what's going to be great is that in five years they're going to have a, a thriving economically ca- economic campus, but no one's going to like it here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so there has to be a balance, and it seems like maybe they're trying to find a balance. Maybe they are. Uh, maybe maybe this is what they think balance is. It'd be really interesting to see what other plans were on the table. Maybe you know we see this plan, we're like, oh, this is awful. But they're like, well, you could have had none of these things, you know, right. that we we're giving you. Um, yeah. But it, it'll be. It'll be very fascinating to see what happens next Alex, week. Alex, you look like you're itching to say something. Um, yeah, I, I just think uh, the Stillings thing you mentioned is kind of funny. I only went there once my freshman year mm-hmm. in fall of 2020 um, during COVID, and that was the, the one and yeah. only time I ever went there. And I don't I don't go to the dining hall anymore. I don't have a meal plan. So you guys might be able to tell me a bit more about this, but I've heard that Hoko is getting really, really overpacked. It is, yeah. Yes. I actually oh my gosh, Philly was. I went into Philly the other. Sorry, I know this isn't Hoko, and this is a little bit off topic, but I went into Philly for the first time last week this semester, and I was like genuinely like, like a little bit scared. I was like, I like there are so many people in here. The line for the grill stretched all the way back past the breakfast nook and was like curving around it, and yeah. I was like. How is anybody supposed to get their food? It would take 25 minutes just to get through the line. Yeah, I actually had a meeting with uh, Chef Todd, who's the head chef at uh, mm-hmm. Hoko, and uh, he is a wonderful human being. I, I, I cannot encourage enough, like, if you have any sort of qualm mm-hmm. with the university or gripe, like, or with the food, not the Don't whole university. Don't write a napkin note. Try to get in contact with him. I promise. No, he actually yeah. says leave the napkin notes. Uh, oh, really? They read every single one of those, and they have adhered to all but two. Uh, yeah. And he said one of them was somebody asking for more cranberry sauce, and uh, they did it. Uh, but then they left another note that just said yes, and it was written in cranberry sauce. So that's <laughs> that's one of the two that they haven't responded to. So all right. uh, definitely fill out your napkin notes. But, like, he was telling me... Uh, and obviously this is paraphrased because this was a conversation I had last semester, but I'm sure other people have noticed we're also relying on, uh, like, exchange labor a lot more, Mm -hmm. too, in the dining halls. So there's just a lack of workers there, too. Um, And he said in August they lost all four of their sous chefs. Mm -hmm. They all quit. So he was doing the job of four sous chefs and the executive chef. Mm-hmm. So he was a, really unhappy about it's that. It's quite a mess down there in the in the downstairs kitchen because where everyone eats at Hoko, there's the whole downstairs kitchen right. where everything is prepared fresh. I was surprised when I first saw that all the meat you see, that's entirely fresh and yeah. shipped in. But it is very – it is always seems like there's some sort of like controlled chaos going on mm-hmm. down in the basement and – yeah, I was wondering. I was always asking, where's this person? Where's this person? They're just not there anymore. Yeah. But one thing I will comment on is that I have noticed that the rushes have been in off the charts. Yeah. Like, you'll notice something wrapped around twice for, like, stir-fry. Right. And the stir-fry, because we're under staff still, that's still a problem. Right. We don't even go till 9 anymore. We close at 8 now. Yeah. And that wasn't really communicated that it (laughs) closes an hour earlier like i've been in line and they've just pulled everything and they're like sorry sorry, it's closed yeah Yeah, it's like okay (laughs) whatever but i mean yeah that's another area where it's like hmm i do want to i do want to say something positive though because i don't know if this is just my personal perception if it's because it's been a while since i've been eating dining hall food 
Um, but I felt like when I got back this semester, the food was a lot better than it was. And because I remember, and I feel like my, I'm not just being biased because I feel like I remember getting here last semester and I had eaten at UNH quite a bit, even though I didn't go here last year. And I remember the food being really good. And then I came here last semester and I was like, oh, this is not what I remember. But this semester I came back and it was a lot better. And so I don't know if more people have been hired, if it's just me coming back. But I do want to say, like, props to the dining hall because I feel like they've really pulled Turned through and stepped it up. Yeah, they've been offering semester. more dishes, which is something that they've had. They had an email mm-hmm. to the staff workers before coming back that they're going to try to provide more of a variety. But as you said, like you saw, I don't know if you saw, like they switched out like the yogurt, for example, in the mornings. Oh, I was so excited. Cabot plain Greek yogurt is my favorite. And I was so excited. They that might they be going back. That. Sorry to burst your bubble. There's a napkin note. And the Uh-oh. lady said that. Yeah, we might go back to the original because I guess they have gotten complaints about like how clumpy and whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I you do just like have to mix though. it up a little bit. It looks weird, but it's it tastes. Yeah. Oh my god! No, the point is, is that might have been like a some sort of like budget ish type of thing because they could they stated on the napkin note response that they get it in bulk and that's why they switched oh. to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. they get everything in bulk. Like this yeah. is like even more. No, no, but no. I no love they didn't get the other stuff in bulk. They literally got it in like the, the little, little like thing. clip no, off no, no. cups. Not the clip yeah. off, but like the yeah, they got it in like the pints. The chobon. Oh, yeah. They would open mm-hmm. it up one, yeah. and they would scoop out like <laughs> ten pints in the yeah. thing. Was, yeah. Like, yeah. I love how I love well because I know that Stonyfield is like semi-local but I think Cabot is more local than Stonyfield. They are Vermont. Stonyfield is also Vermont. Yeah, they're okay. both. They're both Vermont. Okay. Yeah. I was. I don't know why I had it in my mind that Stonyfield had like branched out and had a lot of New York based yeah, stuff New York. now. But no, mm-hmm. I mean the moral of the story is, yeah. the dining halls are hanging in. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would really like yeah. to get um, Todd on this mm-hmm. semester to talk about. That would be it. awesome. You should. He's fun. super yeah. accessible. Yeah, I'll be able to get him for. Oh, I want to yeah. do it. He took me in the bunker. I'd never seen the bunker. It's what crazy. is the bunker? <laughs> it's the offices of Hoko. They're oh. between the bathrooms on the second floor. Yeah. You go in there, it's that whole glass wall that you see from the outside, yeah. the rectangle. Like, there's the part you sit in, obviously. Like, a quarter of that is offices. Really? They all have, like, gorgeous views wow. and, like, yep. plants. It's That's so cool. nice wow. in there. And it's just, like, between the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cool. I've gotten scolded in there a couple times. No, <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. But yeah, thanks, Hoko. And uh, Todd was actually saying, yeah, they do they do have more staffing this semester. That's how they've been able to open Grill again it's too at the, Hoko. Um, it's all the international students. But I'm wondering, because it's so dense with all the international students, I'm wondering if they have, like, I'll just say, like, I make like 13 an hour there. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what their wage is because I know I probably make more. I think I don't know every how they every employee comes in base. Mm-hmm. UNH has a standard that. thing. I don't think it it. Because yeah. they have a standard, and I don't know if that's just I just don't do anything special there. That, but so I'm wondering why. Like, but you've been there a little bit. They're actually I not all been. students either. Some of them, they bus yeah. in from, like, Manchester yeah, and Nashua. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Todd was telling me, actually, this is pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of them are very rich in their home countries, and they come oh. here to get uh, mm-hmm. American work ethic. A lot of them. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I know. But I'm always fine. teaching. I'm always like in the dish room because like I picked up Spanish and a little bit of like Hindu actually, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah. But um, just so I've been teaching the people in the dish room how to do stuff, and it's like they I'm just expected to do that if there's a new worker. Right. And if like even if they speak English or not, I'm just the person that like is told they're gonna learn from you. Yeah. With, like that type of thing. So it's like interesting how they don't. I wish they just had gave more time yeah. to like explain yeah. what the task was before. 
That's mm-hmm. the, yeah, but um, I mean, with seven minutes left, you know, we've got we've got two fun segments. Before that, is there anything else you guys have you to share from on the teenage side? Um, yeah, I, I guess kind of uh, on the topic of food, uh, as many of you may have heard, Chow's downtown closed, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and the Big Bean closed last semester. Yeah. They so moved, I thought. Uh, well, the th- here closed. Uh, this location yeah. closed. Yeah, this location closed. They did move it to Epping, I believe. Yeah. Um, but there's two open spots for restaurants in Durham right now. Um, who knows what will fill those, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. it'll be interesting to hear what students want to see yeah. in yeah. Durham and no. what the community wants. Totally. And, like, this is a prime location. Like, I was saying it the really other day, is. like, if I'd franchise, like, a Wendy's or something yeah. and just put it out here. Cause, like, we <laughs> they would make I mean, Domino's. Money. Yeah, Domino's. Domino's make so much money. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, like, that, too, that's another big thing that we'll probably be – covering looking into and being vigilant on but um just in a general sense we're really gearing up now now yeah. that with all of this happening so we're always looking for staff we're always looking for contributors you can reach us at tnhstaff at gmail.com and we're also at tnhdigital.com uh so and we're on tiktok and instagram so uh and we have podcasts so yes. yeah and we're uh, yeah we're we're working on a few different podcasts uh maybe a sports podcast in the works mm-hmm. potentially um i'll be speaking to professor tom haynes next week for my podcast a tnh review on spotify that's fine about, he's coming on ours as well yeah yeah about <laughs> about his research down yeah. on the southern border yeah um so that'll be really interesting tune in for that if you haven't already listened yeah. to the oh, news no, he's, he's coming later oh. on the semester so yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. It'll be better yeah. For so it. yeah a lot of great things and please um if you're irked on campus or if there's anything going on that you feel like you just can't reach someone about or that needs to change come to a contributors meeting mob 132 mondays at 6 30 i'm the content editor i will be there you will work with me directly and we'll make sure that we work through it and get it edited and get it to something that we can publish and when you look yourself up on google it will come up you will come up when you google yourself and that's something that pretty cool. as long as the internet is up, you will have. Yeah. So yeah, please come to contributors meetings. All right. Well, let's end. It's been a, it's been a tumultuous hour to mm. say the least. Lots of, uh, lots of talk about budget and things being cut. And Passions are high. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit, been a little bit emotional. So I think we should, you know, we'll bring back five words of fun as our fun segment. Um, you, Barry, you know what five words of fun is. Yes. Alex, you know what five words of fun is. You just got it. You got to give us five words on a subject. And I think the subject should be something optimistic about student life mm. here at UNH to give us a little little breath of fresh air at the yeah. end of this hour. Totally. And we'll start with Savannah. Okay. Um, my five words of fun are so proud of dining team. All right. Mm. Uh, my five words are I enjoy to network here. Mm. My five words are I think campus is beautiful. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, my five words are going to be excited for white out the wit. That's sex. Um, that works. Yeah. It works. But it's Just good mush it into two. White out the yeah. wit. What white, white out, out the wit is hyphenated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, you technically got another word in there. Yay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to say that college radio is the best. There we go. It's going to be. It's a good. It's a good time to be a WHDJ right now, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, speaking of music and college radio, we're going to we're going to head close this hour off with uh, everyone's favorite segment, Smash or Trash, 
we're going to play you a segment of a song, and we're going to go around and smash it, trash it, give it a reason why, and then we'll move on to the much-anticipated music hour. Uh, really appreciate everyone hanging in for the hour. Hope you learned something. Hope you got inspired, got interested. Um, please remember to reach out to us on phone, 603-862-2222, and head on over to the News at 91.3 Instagram. That's News at 91.3. Uh, to keep up to date with all of our things. Yeah, and thank you I to the callers. That was cool. That was awesome. Yeah, we never gotten, we've never, <laughs> never gotten that much info <laughs> yeah. at once. So yeah, those good. were some great calls. Yeah. I'd also like to um, plug, if anybody is in Durham this evening, uh, Freedom Cafe has open mic night tonight. There you go. Yes. Uh, it's a good time. My roommate will be singing, so you know, come out, support them, <laughs> support small oh, musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, so here it is. Uh, Patrick Trash today is a song called Hoop... Hooped Earrings by um, the artist Briscoe. It is not the typical acoustic folk that we're used to. It is much more of a, I will say, um, I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even know. It's just it's just kind of a fun, boppy song. Uh, we'll play the first mi- minute or so, and we'll see what you think. And if you like it, stick around for the next hour. If you don't, please still stick around, because there's a variety coming up, and it's going to be good. So here's Hooped Earrings by Briscoe. I'll let us know what you think. Maybe, maybe not. Hold on one second. That's not working. All right, Tommy, give us a riff while I figure this out. I could try singing the song. I don't know how it goes. That's all right. Tommy, please don't sing. I've actually never heard your voice. I'm not trying to insult your voice. I just feel like for the first time on the radio. I know. I got to warm it up, you know. But Mm -hmm. remember what the lady said when we went to get one of our guests after we had one of the shows we went to get um bomby and she said that my radio oh, voice kelsey. was like yeah kelsey she said my uh my radio voice does not match what i look like it does not it when the first time I, I met you i was so surprised because i had heard you on the radio for a long time <laughs> you sound uh, like you're like slammed. on a call line or something like i know that's <laughs> what it, that's what they said she said it's like i read one of those like books for the middle-aged women yeah, that yeah, they hide yeah. in the back corner of the uh walmart yeah. all right and that's it for tommy so okay. here we go the the uh tech song. it is working celia did not help me because it has been cut uh <laughs> all right here we go who during the risk go please enjoy she slammed the door but my foot got in the way Oh, girl, you ain't leaving today. And all the thoughts that she put in my brain. Oh, girl, I'm done playing your game. She's got those hooked earrings on, couldn't ever do wrong. Talking about some boy from L.A. All right, that was the first little bit there. What do we think? Let's start with Alex. Uh, definitely smash. All right. That was awesome. I loved Sweet. it. Sweet. Any reason I just loved it? Um, no. It, it right. had a really good groove. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. Nice bass line. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tommy? It's a casual smash. It's a, it's a song that would fit well into the hour and fits Jackson's happy-go-lucky, awesome, superstar vibe. Whimsical whimsical vibe. I like it. I like, yeah. I like all those words. I'm going to put them on my wall and read them every morning. Good, good. All right. I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. I'm trash. Let us have it. We won't take oh. offense to it. Yeah, give us a reason. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I've uh, I've been rediscovering the pop dance hits of the early aughts, okay. and <laughs> uh, I think that might just be the mode I'm in. But um, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. I, I like indie. I yeah. like that whole vibe, that whole like acoustic whaley type music. Yeah. Uh, to me, it sounded like Vance Joy a yeah. little bit, um, and I'm sure I would have been into it. It's a great like ambient song. Yeah. I don't know if I would walk to class with it in my headphones. So I'll. Yeah. It's it's a borderline trash. Right. Like I wish there were a less harsh word than trash. I'm gonna say like it's not my favorite. No, it's, that's that's part, that's <laughs> point of segment. I it's took just, a no thank you it's bite. It's just in or out. And that's it. <laughs> a no thank you bite. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I think I. My I so I'm gonna say smash, right. but it is also Lower like Tommy said, a casual yeah, yeah, like a casual smash because I feel like it falls like more into the like like rhythm like rhythm and blues a little bit, but yeah. like more on the blues side than the rhythm. Well, it's like it's very rhythmic, but I feel like rhythm and blues like like R and B I feel like has is is a little bit more upbeat and yep. a little bit uh you know more more deep vocals um and i just i don't know it it wasn't my favorite i agree with bear i don't think i'd walk to class with that but i i might not turn it off if it was <laughs> playing on the radio well hopefully people won't in about 45 <laughs> minutes when it goes back on <laughs> all right i'll i'll just off with a smash and i'm also i'm gonna i'm gonna pat myself on the back here because i got two listeners to text in saying it was a smash so uh you're, you're, we're gonna take it we're gonna take a 70 percent uh today and, you know i i hear all the sentiments I think I, I think I agree. I think you definitely got to be in the mood for it. But, uh, yeah, I hope enough people like it. They'll stick around for the next hour. Uh, we will not be playing Briscoe for one hour. So if you didn't like it, much like this next song, hold on. And that's a little pun that you'll hear in a minute when I announce the next song. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you so much to Alex and Bear for joining us. TNH and uh, News at Nine are going to be having an episode every month. So the last month, the last week of every month is going to be our crossover month, uh, crossover weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, so I'm really excited to get you guys in and hear what's going on in campus. Um, it's going to be a blast. And so really excited about that. Uh, if you want to hear more, follow us at News at 913 on Instagram. And please stay tuned for the next hour of awesome music. So here it is. Alabama Shakes, awesome band um, out of the South. Singer's absolutely phenomenal. My favorite song by them is Give Me All Your Love by Alabama Shakes. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Go, go listen to it after this hour of music. Um, but this is their song, Hold On, uh, which is a little bit more upbeat than the other one. And I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to 91.3 FM, WNH Durham, your, host, your source for the Seacoast Sound Alternative. And this is News at 9, signing off for the hour. <laughs>